Hello and welcome to the Mind Body Fertility Podcast. I'm Fran, a fertility mindset coach. And this is Jen, and I'm a functional fertility coach. In this podcast, we talk about a range of mind body topics, all relevant to your fertility journey. From evidence based tools to sharing about our own and our clients' experiences when it comes to optimizing health, improving your chances of getting pregnant, and also enhancing your quality of life. You are not alone. Our goal with this podcast is to support you in getting pregnant, to be the friends who get it. And that's why in each episode, we bring together functional health care and mindset tools that will help you get pregnant. We are super passionate about what we do and want to support as many people as possible. You know how lonely trying to conceive can be. So please subscribe to this podcast and even better, leave a review so that more people can find us. Do you have any questions for us? We would love to hear from you and answer your questions in our next episode. You can send your questions via email to mind body fertility podcast at gmail.com now let's get started so hello jen and welcome everyone to our episode four where we'll be talking about hormonal imbalances how are you jen today i'm doing fantastic how are you fran I'm very good. Thank you. So glad to see you. We took a break for everyone who's listening. We took a couple of weeks uh, break of recording because Jen and her family got COVID. I'm so sorry, Jen. (laughs) I'm glad that you're here and back and recovered and everything as well. It wasn't as it wasn't bad. So, you know, I'm glad I got I'm glad I've got the the natural antibodies now. So great. That's good. Yes, you yes. will avoid it for the next few yeah. <laughs> months <hope> so. or so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're talking about hormonal imbalances, which is uh, t- something that often comes up when we talk about fertility is super important and it's totally your domain, is your area. So let's go and um, see where it takes us. And if at the end of the recording, if you're that is listening, you want to send us a question, please please feel free to email us. Um, our email is in the show notes. You can email us any questions you want answered um, in our next episode, anything that wasn't clear from this podcast or anything else you want to ask. So we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for this episode and, you know, I don't really have a, like, set framework on how like this is gonna go so I'm interested to see (laughs) see where we go with this um but I I wanted to talk about hormone imbalances today um not to you know kind of over discuss the topic because you know it seems like everybody's talking about hormone imbalances and um it's for good reason especially, you know, when you're trying to conceive, obviously hormones are very critical in whether or not you achieve pregnancy, um, and are able to maintain pregnancy. Even when you're going through IVF hormones are absolutely critical. Um, and so, you know, this discussion today is I'm, I'm hoping that you actually learn some more information, um, that might help you on your, um, your journey in trying to conceive. So like Fran said, if you've got questions, um, specific questions about hormones, um, hormone balance imbalances, how to balance your hormones, definitely, um, let us know. And we will do our absolute best to answer those questions. I think we're going to try and, and have a, a podcast episode here hopefully pretty soon with some of those questions being answered. So, um, but I want to start off today by really kind of highlighting why hormones and balancing hormones is such a hot topic and why it's so critical when you're trying to conceive. 
Um, and you know, there's, there's the obvious reasons, right? So hormones are going to affect your cycle. They're going to affect whether or not you're ovulating. Um, they're going to affect whether or not you can maintain a pregnancy. Um, a lot of the times, you know, early miscarriages are caused by, um, progesterone deficiencies. So, you know, making sure that your body's able to produce enough progesterone is super critical. Um, and you know, there, I mean, there's so many different ways that our body can become imbalanced in hormones. And Fran and I were talking just before we started recording this episode about, um, you know, some of the simple things that we all hear about, um, when it comes to balancing hormones, such as eating a balanced diet, you know, making sure that you're getting enough good quality sleep, um, you know, removing as much toxin exposure as you possibly can. Um, you know, just simple things like that. Exercise is a big deal. Um, and that, you know, it goes deeper than that. Those are very surface level things that you can do. Um, but the why behind it is, is deeper, right? So things like blood sugar regulation are actually, um, a big, cause of hormone imbalances, right? So think of PCOS. PCOS is, I mean, the hallmark is, you know, hormone imbalances. However, blood sugar regulation plays a huge role in that. Um, and so, you know, it's not just as simple as, oh, eat healthy. Like I think figuring out the underlying, underlying reason why you want to eat healthy and how that's going to help with hormone regulation is really going to be where people are, um, able to kind of extract the information they need to actually put it into action. Like that's their why. Right. Um, so if, you know, if we're talking about somebody who is trying to conceive and they're dealing with cycle irregularities, right. Um, some of the things that can be done, um, in order to help balance their cycle, help balance their hormones, um, are things like eating cruciferous vegetables, right? So that helps you detox estrogen, um, you know, helps with, um, antioxidant, um, intake, and, um, you know, I don't know, Fran, if you talk to your clients about, um, different things that they can do diet and lifestyle stuff that help with, um, you know, the mindset portion of this, but I want to, I want to make sure that we incorporate, um, you know, things that actually affect stress level, um, because, that's a huge factor in a lot of different things like the blood sugar regulation, um, and other hormone imbalances. So, um, mm. you know, if, you know, if you, I don't know if you have any insights on what your clients go through, um, uh, what you see with them, um, as far as, as that goes, I would love to hear. Yeah. Um, Thank you. That was very insightful. A lot of information to unpack there. Um, but thank you for opening the subject and the topic and for including things like PCOS, blood sugar regulation, which are so relevant to anyone who is trying to conceive or even optimize their health, right? Absolutely. Um, and in terms of what my work, um, when it comes to mindset, where I see in my clients uh, how hormone, hormone imbalances can relate to mindset is their ability or their capacity to believe that what they're doing is enough. Mm -hmm. 
and that they're doing the right thing within the context of their lives, not the right thing that is on the internet right now or the right thing that somebody else is doing so that they are able to have that confidence and have that safety in knowing that and trusting that what they're doing is right thing for them and that it is enough. So I don't really touch into the subject of um, hormone imbalances specifically because it's not really my area. Like I don't, I don't go into much into detail into their health, but normally someone that is working with me is also working with someone like yourself. So they can relate a lot that has been happening in both areas of their lives. So the physical side and then the emotional and the mental side with me. So what I think is very interesting in this topic is to go to the beginning. Like I even sometimes I work with clients that don't work like there's two types of clients the ones that I just mentioned the ones that work with myself and someone like you parallel and someone who is working with me but is not working with anybody else it's like just following whatever they believe or they've been told or they think is right for them I mean there's no right or wrong here I'm not comparing one saying one is better than the other but they're two different things like the the conversations and the mindset and those two, two clients are very different. So if, if someone that is listening here and thinking, I don't know what my hormones are, I'm just trying every month and I'm not successful, I haven't been successful this far, where is the place to start? Like where, what do they need to do? What is the optimal level? And I know there are medical guidelines that are different to the US, to the UK. And I'm saying this because you are in the US and I am in the UK, but mm. wherever you are in the world, chances are you, your country, your region will have your own um, guidelines when it comes to um, what's normal and what's not normal. But from your view, like where would you say to someone that is listening and thinking, hang on a minute, I need to look into my hormone levels now. Where do I start? Yeah. Um... Thank you for that. And I, I want to expand on, um, what you said earlier, but I guess we'll, we'll wait for that. So to answer your question, um, the first place I'd start is noticing your symptoms, right? So one of the things that is really difficult and a lot of my clients don't, they're not, um, very aware of what's going on in their body. Right. So a lot of times, um, they'll be tracking their cycle. Yes. However, um, they don't understand their cycle, right. They, and they know that, you know, their period is, um, you know, this many days long and, um, their cycle overall is a certain amount of days long. Right. Um, but is that, is that like every month, is it the same every month or is there fluctuations there? You know, is there, um, is there like longer parts of your cycle? Do you know when you ovulate or if you ovulate, right? Um, do you notice any symptoms with that are correlated with your cycle? You know, the very, the first week before your period, do you have PMS symptoms? Um, and just FYI, anybody listening to this, if you have PMS symptoms, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to suffer through the PMS symptoms. That is a hormone. Those are, that's a sign of hormone imbalances right there. So, um, even if your cycle's normal and you know, you have, a, you don't have a super heavy or super light flow to your period. Um, you know, if everything else seems quote unquote normal, if you experience PMS symptoms, you have hormone imbalances. There are hormone imbalances there. So, um, you know, if that's your only sign, don't ignore it. I know it's inconvenient to, you know, go and investigate which hormones might be imbalanced and how to correct that. It's easier to just go take some Midol or some Tylenol or some Advil, um, 
and, you know, put a heating pad on your, you know, abdomen for a couple days out of the month. Um, and just deal with the sugar cravings and the, and the mood swings and the exhaustion, the tiredness and all that kind of stuff. It's easier to deal with that than, and, and go about normal life as it is right. Than it is to, you know, risk having to make changes. And I totally get that. However, please do know that even if your symptoms of hormone imbalances are tolerable with, you know, so a few minor interventions, they're going to get worse if you don't fix the underlying reason why you're having those hormone imbalances in the first place. I promise you that (laughs) I've been there myself. So, um, you know, and there's, you know, I, when I talk to my clients all the time, I'm asking them, you know, when did you notice these symptoms first start? And they will think back and go, oh gosh, well, you know, it really first started, you know, when I was 19 and, you know, I started getting these symptoms and I didn't really do anything about it until they really felt like I, I really felt like I couldn't tolerate it anymore. Like, you know, they would have to stay home from work for, you know, four or five days because, you know, their flow was so heavy that, and their, you know, their cramps were just excruciating and they would get, you know, massive migraines. And, um, you know, it's only until like they could, like life couldn't go on as normal and they got tired of it. Right. Mm -hmm. That they actually were just like, okay, well, I guess I need to do something different because it's just getting worse. And they realized that. So, um, you know, even if your symptoms are tolerable now, please, please, please listen to your body. Those symptoms are your body's cry for help that something's wrong and something needs to change. So, We'll seek um, help. Seek as, help as soon as the symptoms start. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. And so, um, you know, that's the first place that I I would go is to really go inward and notice your symptoms. You know, take a journal and or you know your period tracker app if you have one of those. If you're using one of those to track your period they have, you know, places where you can note all of your symptoms on a daily basis so that you can go back and notice, you know, when those symptoms occur. And they'll usually correlate with, you know, the ebbs and flows of your hormones. You're not the natural ebbs and flows of hormones, Mm -hmm. right. As you go through each stage of your cycle. Um, so, so first start with yourself, then, you know, after you kind of do that assessment and I, so I want everybody to really notice the things that, um, aren't actually, you know, that obvious, um, things like food cravings, things like whether you're hungrier or not as hungry on certain days. Right. So that can also, um, you know, clue you into hormone imbalances. And so having as much information as you possibly can, um, when you go see a practitioner is going to be incredibly helpful. That's very interesting. The symptoms that you just mentioned, um, food cravings and hunger. Yeah. What else would you say yeah. would be like, a, a top indications of imbalances? Um, so I would say like top indications, um, are, you know, there's definitely the mood swings, the emotional stuff, right. Um, your cycle is a huge one. Your cycle is probably going to be the most obvious, right. For, for most people, the most obvious irregular cycle cycles, irregular cycles. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's so many different things that we can take away from your cycle, right? Like I mentioned a couple of things already, whether you're your period is super light or super heavy, mm-hmm. right? Are very big indicators of whether or not you might have 
um, you know, estrogen dominance or, you know, lack of estrogen, um, your cycle length. So, you know, you've got that, you've got the typical 28 day cycle, which, um, you know, normal can be anywhere from 25 to 32 ish days, um, for a woman. So 28 days is, you know, that kind of freaks some people out if they've had a cycle length that's 31 days for, you know, the last 15 years of their life, then that's normal for you, right? A fluctuating cycle length, yeah, that's kind of suspicious, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, tracking your cycle is definitely definitely going to give you lots of valuable information. Um, how many days are, does your period last, right? If you're tracking your luteinizing hormone, right? Which day do you ovulate? You need to know which day you ovulate because, um, you know, that we want that, that, um, luteal phase to last as long as possibly can, if you're trying to conceive. You know, we want those, those full 14 days, if we can between 10 and 14 days is usually, you know, where we want you to land in that luteal phase. Mm. So if you, let's say you ovulate on day 15 of your cycle, but you only have, um, or let's say, let's say for instance here, if you ovulate on day 17 of your cycle, and you only have a 25 day cycle, that means your luteal phase is only lasting for seven days. Okay. So what does that mean? Either there's an estrogen issue, right? Like your estrogen is tanking, um, you know, early and it's causing, you know, your period to start or your progesterone wasn't, you know, you, your body wasn't making enough progesterone to really hold um, that lining in place. Right. So there's, there's things there as well, you know, when it comes to ovulation, um, that are, you know, incorporated in this whole hormone imbalance thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, tracking your cycles, critical, absolutely critical. Um, that's so interesting how much information in a cycle you can get so much information. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, figuring out whether or not you ovulate, you know, is, is a big deal. Yeah. I think coming from my own experience is it's so confusing. It's so confusing, especially because I have PCOS. Mm -hmm. So my cycles were all over the place, although it's normally, they were normally the same length but very different cycles like ovulating um in terms of like what day i would ovulate how long my period would last anyway so i'm just giving an example here that yes tracking is important and i hear everything you're saying but from like my own like experience it's really confusing so it's really difficult to know it all by myself and i would guess anyone who is listening may feel very similarly if you're not working with someone who understands. Yeah, exactly. So it is yeah. it is a lot to take in and to learn and then having to be confident that what you're thinking <laughs> is actually right as yeah. you as you are, you know, during the months trying to conceive and trying to make sure you are reading your chart correctly. Um it's it's very overwhelming so anyone who's listening that feels this way my heart goes to you I've been there I know exactly how you feel and that's so important to work with someone like Jen or with you know because it's as she's saying you know you you can open our eyes into what our cycles are telling us and giving us like pointers in which direction to go what could be happening and then investigating so if we go into like the investigating kind of stage, so if someone mm-hmm. really reached out to you and has given the charts, you know, her charts for the past few months, what would then be the next step? Yeah. So, you know, somebody comes to me, they have all this information about their cycle. Um, you know, we really 
sit down and dissect things together, right? Like I want to know how long her cycle has been irregular, how long these have been going on for, um, if there's anything significant that happened in her life, um, that we might be able to correlate with, um, these cycle changes, because as we know, stress of any form can throw your cycles off. Um, and to make it even more confusing, um, you might not actually see your cycles change or reflect that stressor until about like three months down the road. So it can be completely confusing, right. Mm. To, um, to try and figure out like what might be, you know, affecting what's going on. So, um, you know, if you started eating differently or if you started, um, you know, a new exercise program. I know it's like the beginning of the year and it's like new year and everybody wants to start these new exercise programs. And so, you know, they want to do, you know, all the, all the hit workouts and they want to go to the gym and start working with a personal trainer, which, you know, I think some personal, or I think a lot of personal trainers, um, they want people to help people see results quickly. And so they kind of push people maybe a little harder than, um, they can tolerate. And it, you know, if they're already dealing with struggles in, in, um, you know, trying to get pregnant, they've already got that stressor going on that, that mental stressor. Um, plus they got the, the physical stressor going on with additional exercise, and, you know, maybe, maybe something else happened. They're not eating as well because they're stressed out. They don't have enough time to prepare healthy meals. You know, there's another physical stressor there. Um, there's, you know, multiple things. The stress doesn't have to be just one thing, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to, it can be, and it usually most often compounds, right? It's many stressors that your body is dealing with at once, right? So And that's what makes stress so significant is that it's not something that you can just be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm having a rough time, like getting along with my coworker or something like that. Right. Um, and you know, if that were the case, you know, if once you get home and you're away from that person, you know, you'd hope you'd be able to just like, let that go. And get back into, you know, a more relaxed state. But, you know, if you're getting off work and going straight to the gym and doing some super intense, you know, exercise for 45 minutes to an hour, and maybe you hadn't eaten dinner yet either. And that's a big stressor because now you've got, um, you know, like you've got adrenaline going and you've got your blood sugar, um, kind of like, you know, peaking and, And, uh, you know, that is definitely a stressor as well. If you don't have, Mm -hmm. you know, the nutrition to support your body. So, um, you know, things like that, that people don't think about, we're going to assess, right? Like everything that we can possibly think of that can be contributing to the reason why your cycle is off, or you Mm -hmm. might be having hormone imbalances, um, then we want to test and not guess. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the motto, um, you know, that functional medicine goes by is, is test, don't guess. We can come to some pretty educated conclusions, you know, based on what we find, your symptom, the symptoms correlated with, you know, diet, lifestyle, stressors, all that kind of stuff. But we definitely want to test Um, because there are some things that can be hidden, right. Um, that we want to make sure that we're aware of that could be pretty significant. Right. So, um, you know, there's, there's so many different things that you can do or so many different hormones that you can test. My favorite thing to do though, with my clients is called the Dutch test. And, it's a super, super comprehensive test that, you know, you get all your sex hormones, your steroid sex hormones, you get, um, you know, your adrenal function, what your cortisol is doing, 
Um, you know, it measures your DHEA, which is super important to, you know, people who are trying to get pregnant, especially if you're, you know, in the over 35 category, you know, DHEA naturally starts to decline. So you want to know, you know, what your DHEA levels are so that, you know, maybe if you supplement, that's not some, that's not something that you want to supplement unless you know you're deficient in, right? So um, supporting your HPA axis, your, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, um, super critical, important to hormone um, balance, um, especially with PCOS, you know, we've got cortisol issues going on with PCOS and, and, uh, those androgen hormones, you know, the Dutch test measures all that stuff. A lot of so, clients do the Dutch test. It's very common recently. Yeah. yeah. And is it, is it a blood test or no, it's it a dried urine test actually. Okay. So that's one of the reasons why I like it so much as well, because, um, you can do it at home. You don't have to, you know, if you hate needles, you don't have to go get a blood draw. Um, or you don't, you know, you don't have to make an appointment and, you know, do it's, it's super, super convenient. Um, and is it once or do you have to do several? There's four. So it, it actually wants you to, um, measure four different times. So it's a, it's a dried urine test. And essentially what you do is you can either, um, there's, it's a little card with filter paper on it. So it's super, super absorbent. You can actually just like pee right on the filter paper, or you can get like a cup and, Mm -hmm. um, dip it in the cup of, um, of your pee. And, um, that's four, it's at four specific times during the day, because we, we want to measure your cortisol levels um, at those four points in the day so that we know you have a, um, natural, what they call a diurnal pattern. So your cortisol should be at its highest when you first wake up. Um, cortisol is actually the hormone that arouses you in the morning and wakes you up. Um, so if you're, you know, that's, that's something too, that we want to find out if you're waking up in the middle of the night, that's another hormone imbalance um, Mm -hmm. symptom right there. So, and, and the Dutch does have an extra fifth filter paper, just in case you're one of those that wakes up in the middle of the night, you can, if you remember, sometimes you're just kind of half asleep and, and don't remember to do that. But um, that gives us a good good information on, you know, Hey, are your cortisol levels like spiking in the middle of the night? And there's, there's a couple different causes to that as well. Right. Blood sugar regulation is actually one of those things. So, so, uh, yeah, four specific points during the day so that we can make sure that your cortisol levels are following a typical diurnal pattern. If they're on the low level at certain points during the day, we can correlate that with, you know, daytime fatigue, um, stuff like that. Sometimes if there, um, if you see like excess cortisol, especially in the morning, we can definitely contribute that to coffee consumption. Mm-hmm. And that is actually, um, one of the most common reasons why people's cortisol levels are high, um, especially in the morning because they're drinking that coffee and their body is responding to it. Um, And, you know, it's, it's sometimes the combination between like the stress of the day, right. Starting the day, it can be stressful. If you know, you've got lots going on during the day and you're just like, okay, I need to stay on time, stay on task, you know, make sure I get all these things done. And then, you know, you're drinking your 16 ounce Frappuccino from Starbucks with tons of sugar in it, plus coffee you know, your cortisol levels could be shooting sky high, but then guess what happens though? After that, a lot of times you're going to tank. So, um, you know, we can, we can see a lot, um, with that Dutch test and it's not, I mean, I guess the, you know, the side effect of working on, um, balancing your hormones is actually like you end up with more energy during the day, right? You end up sleeping better. You feel better. You're, um, 
you know, if you've got brain fog, the brain fog goes away. If you're, you know, having trouble with, um, you know, with like feeling happy, right? Like that can help too, because that, you know, your hormones have an effect on that as well. Your neurotransmitters. So yeah, that Dutch test is like gold (laughs) to me. Um, but that's not the only way that we can measure hormones, right? You know, a lot of people listening to this are probably, you know, have, or are currently working with a reproductive endocrinologist who, you know, they do a lot of hormone testing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're the thing with that though, is that even if you are working with a reproductive endocrinologist, there are, there are normal levels, um, on these labs that come back and then there's optimal levels. And so with functional medicine, um, we opt to work with clients on getting you to that optimal level. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so just a quick side note, normal lab ranges are actually created when, so the labs essentially they'll go grab, you know, let's say 5,000 lab test results, um, that, uh, and break it into, um, let's say for estrogen, right. For, for the hormone estrogen, they'll take 5,000 lab test results of, you know, that were taken from women in this specific age range. Right. And they will use those, um, as the parameters for mm-hmm. normal levels, so right. It's the average, the average it's, of them all. Yeah. It, and it's oftentimes it's a pretty big range. Yeah. There's nothing to do with what your body's actually doing and what it needs is more talking about optimal, like just because the, the population, this random 5,000 people have these, you know, lab test results within this set of ranges does not mean that's optimal because we don't know what's, I mean, even if they have not been technically diagnosed with any certain disorder or disease, what if they just have never gone to the doctor for that, right? Like we need to think about this in a different, in a different lens. And that's what functional medicine does is that they kind of go a little bit further or a lot further and they go, okay, well, this is the normal range, but, you know, for somebody who wants to optimize their health and, you know, obviously in my realm, optimize their fertility, then we need to have like these optimal ranges and they're much smaller usually than the quote unquote normal lab ranges that like the range the range for optimal mm-hmm. is smaller yep. so you have a more precise yes exactly. indicator if you're optimal or not in yeah 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 so and that's i mean that goes for you know not just like estrogen and progesterone and testosterone it goes for thyroid hormone um, you know, goes for the DHEA, goes for, um, you know, cortisol, goes for everything that, you know, is because, you know, your endocrine system is, it's all connected. It's all talking to one another. Um, you know, that's what your hormones are for. Yeah. For- and just a side note on this, something that I've learned as well from my personal experiences when you are working with an REG, like you mentioned, some of the normal ranges for someone that is trying to conceive may be different mm-hmm. to someone that is, isn't. Um, and I'm talking about thyroid hormone hormones here. This is where my experience came from. So yeah. in the end, I was considered a normal when it comes to my thyroid, my, my T3 levels. Mm-hmm. But I was not in the optimal or where my RE wanted me to go to be. So I had to take um, levothyroxine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of 
uh, and that's the typical lower. that's the typical yeah. yeah and it's you know that that is i'm i'm happy that they're looking at that and considering you know how key of a player thyroid is in fertility um and being able to maintain a pregnancy the thing is though is that it gets a little more complicated or a lot more complicated actually <laughs> Um, you know, and sometimes levothyroxine is all somebody will need to be able to, um, you know, kind of kickstart their, um, their thyroid hormone levels. But the thing is, is that, you know, when we're, when we're talking functional medicine, um, you know, my preference is to, really dig and see like, why mm-hmm. is there a thyroid hormone deficiency there? Right. Or why are your TSH levels sky high right now? Why are, you know, what's going on there? And, um, a lot of times too, when we see on the Dutch test, you know, if we've got like super high cortisol levels, that right there is a good indicator that you might have some thyroid issues going on too, because high cortisol levels actually send a signal to your body to shut down metabolism. Mm -hmm. And so your thyroid's going to be affected by that. So, um, you know, I start with the Dutch test first. Um, and then, you know, if somebody has already gotten thyroid hormone testing done, a lot of times, unfortunately, it's only TSH that is mm-hmm. run. Um, but that can give us a clue, right? That doesn't give us a clue as to whether or not the actual, your actual thyroid is, is um, producing the hormones that are used by your cells. So TSH is the thyroid stimulating hormone. Mm-hmm. And that's what stimulates your thyroid to produce um you know, the the actual thyroid hormones. So, so there's, there's that factor too, you know, free T3 and free T4 are what we want to measure to make sure, you know, if there's, uh, deficiencies there, you know, if there's a conversion issue going on, um, thyroid hormones converted in the gut mostly. And then, you know, if those are normal as well, and you might have some thyroid hormone symptoms still, then we would want to consider cellular hypothyroidism. And that actually happens when the body has been in a super duper duper stressed out state. Like you probably got, you've probably had high cortisol levels for quite a long time. So, um, you know, we consider like chronic illness to be one of those reasons why somebody might have cellular hypothyroidism, um, gut issues are a big thing. So leaky gut, um, is a big issue because that's constantly stimulating your immune system. Um, and you know, I mean, I could go on and on about this and I'm not going to, but, um, you know, there's, there's, lots of different ways we can get information on what's going on with your hormones, right? Mm -hmm. A simple blood draw from your RE can give us good info. If we need additional stuff after that, then we can do that as well. Right. Um, so, so we want to dissect, dissect the information that you've gathered about your own body, your own symptoms, your history, all that kind of stuff. I walk everybody, all of my clients through all that, you know, I've essentially got a list of questions that seems to get longer and longer as we talk because, um, <laughs> you know, I, I want to know um, specific information about certain events, certain, um, certain situations that might have happened in your life. You know, we want, we want to get all that juicy info. Um, and then, you know, and then we use that essentially to go and determine which lab tests are going to be the most helpful for us to really put the picture, the rest of the picture together, right. The rest of the puzzle together. 
Um, and you know, that's essentially it for the investigation portion of it. It's not hard, but it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot of work. So that I think is where, um, you know, functional medicine can help somebody who may be frustrated with their journey. If they haven't been able to get anywhere, if they feel like they're spinning their wheels, even when they're working with, you know, an endocrinologist, even if they're working with an OB or, you know, a specialty practitioner, um, in the conventional medical field, sometimes that can be helpful and that can be enough. But for those who really are struggling and frustrated and don't know what else to do because they've been told that there's nothing else that can be done. And this is just how it is. (laughs) I'm trying to say something (laughs) nice. (laughs) I want to call BS on that. Yeah. Um, because there's so much more that we can do to uncover what is happening in your body. And this is what I love the most, um, because it allows somebody who may feel completely disconnected and disempowered and just completely deflated in their situation, in their body, in their journey. Um, and it can really help them get connected with their body again. It can really help empower them and it can really help them understand what they can do to change their situation. Right. Because Mm -hmm. so many women are out there feeling completely helpless and, you know, putting all of their faith and trust in a doctor's hands and they're not given any constructive, um, you know, they're not given any like constructive action to take. Right. So it's a different world. It's a different dynamic, you know, functional medicine is, is, um, gosh, a lifesaver for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm really thankful that I've been involved with it for so long now, um, and able to, to really help people uncover the reason why they're having hormone issues and not, um, you know, not disempowering them and saying, Hey, you know, you were just, you were dealt this, you know, bad luck and, there's nothing you can do about it other than, um, you know, doing, doing some medical procedures and that's, and that's right for some people, right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's okay. Whatever you get to make that choice, that's your body. You get to make that choice, whatever choice is best for you. If you don't have the mental capacity because you're just so broken and, exhausted from everything. If you don't have the mental capacity to be able to make the changes necessary, then maybe IVF is best for you. You know, if you want to have that shot, if you feel like, you know, you're just not going to be able to get pregnant on your own. Um, but I often find though, that, you know, once I start working with my clients, I, oh my gosh, I see such a huge different difference in their demeanor and how like upbeat they sound after, you know, a certain amount of time when they're learning about their body and they're just like, yes, yes, yes. Give me more Mm -hmm. info. Um, let me do these things. Give me, give me things that I can do to help me help myself. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, I think, you know, the most empowering thing for women is to be able to just have that information about their own body. Right. So yeah. they can make the decisions that are best for them. I love regardless that. of what that is. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing and for saying all of that and for explaining in such detail 
the work that you do and how it can help women. And knowledge is power, right? We can't Absolutely. argue with that. And of course, conventional medicine has its merits, its place. It's amazing. You know, we're not here to bash anyone not bashing. Head here. Yeah, no, no way. No. We're just here to, as you rightly say, and so nicely said, is to give people the choice because sometimes or most of the time with conventional medicine, they're not giving enough information to even have a choice mm-hmm. or to think that there is another way, you know. Um, so thank you. I think this is incredibly helpful to someone who is listening here and trying to figure out what the heck is going on in their body or trying to think what's next. Where do I go for help? Where do I go to um, start knowing and learning and noticing my body and what's happening for me? Um, so, so thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? <laughs> Uh, that you haven't yet because I know hormonal imbalances is such a huge topic and just with the things that we said that you mainly said right here it is just so much to unpack to unpack and talk more so I'm gonna just repeat what I said in the beginning if anyone has any specific questions that you want us to answer or Jen to answer then please feel free to get in touch and we will answer anything you want to know in more detail um, in a future episode Yes, it's all about empowerment. Let's empower you. Let's empower you and answer your questions so that you understand what's going on in your body. That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jen. Anyone who is uh, interested in knowing more about you, how you work, the Dutch test, um, you can find Jen's information in the show notes. Um, And anything else you want to add, Jen? How they can get in um, touch with you. I mean, I don't want to go off on another tangent, but I think we need to do another episode on, you know, maybe some really easy tips on like how somebody might be able to start balancing their hormones at home before they even do any hormone testing. So I'd amazing. Love, love yes. to do that. Yeah. I love the sound of that. I'm sure our listeners will too. So <laughs> next episode will be tips. <laughs> oh, awesome. I think we're following a pattern here because we did stress and then tips to deal with stress. So there you go. That may, like that may be our pattern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Great. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening in and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye everybody. Bye.